right, welcome back everybody to another episode of Mostly Ghostly with myself, Matthew Fisher, my co-host, Ray Booten. Howdy. We are joined today with another co-host of mine from the Shock Treatment and Melon Maddie show with the great and powerful Melissa Potter. Thought you were gonna, you know, announce me as the wizard there for a second. <laughs> hey, we got Alexander Hawk and Katrina in the background. You will be hearing Alexander Hawk laugh. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so, how you doing? I'm doing. Yeah. I'm surprised I'm still awake, considering the fact that I really haven't had much sleep this past week. Nobody gets sleep. <laughs> We're I'll running. sleep when I'm dead, right? There you go. Perfect, perfect, you know, saying for the show. Right. You know. Well, if that happens, we can still have her back on the show. That's true. <laughs> That's right. That is Touché. true. Heck yeah. No rest. <laughs> no so, rest for the wicked. What do you, That's truth. So what have you been up to lately? Anything new? Just, you know, doing this show again. Yeah. And now being here, doing Mostly Ghostly with you guys. We are um, the Mostly Ghostly and the Shock Treatment have joined... Joined forces with the Dorkening. Joined forces with the Dorkening Podcast Nest... Dorkening Podcast Network. I looked over at Huck's sad face because Boom Cast isn't there. But it'll be okay, but... Um, <laughs> yeah, so anybody, anybody listening, you'll be able to get Mostly Ghostly and Shock Treatment with Mel and Maddie on anywhere you listen to podcasts. Yep, Spotify, Apple. Yeah, Apple Podcasts, Spotify. Three. We uh, submitted to a whole bunch and they're slowly coming in. So if, if you are a podcast listener... Um, Whatever whatever app you use to do such, just type in the name of the shows, and uh, it should pop up. But if it doesn't, reach out to us in one way or the other, and you know, let us know which app you like and use, and we'll try and get on there and expand our horizon. You know, it's good to have you on the show. It's good to be here. Yeah, it's been a little. You did two new episodes. Of the shock treatment show. Yeah, was that like two weeks ago? Like two weeks ago, yep. The cruising, the heating up the charts of the of the podcast world. But I heard that you got some mostly ghostly situations you want to talk about. Yeah, I've had some weird stuff happen to me over the years. Oh, uh, yeah? <laughs> like, like I was telling, we were all talking about earlier, mm-hmm. you know, it was like right after my Nana passed away. We just had the reception at my house, parents left. Me, my sister, and two of my little cousins stay, you know, spent the night. Mm-hmm. And nobody's home. High-heeled footsteps come walking down the hallway. And then sent to my grandmother's perfume. That was it. Yeah. Everybody but me freaked out. <laughs> Why didn't you freak out? I was always close to her. Yeah. So, like, we always had a bond. And, like, I was... "Quote unquote," the favorite, even though we okay. never put that out there. <laughs> yeah, you can never put that out there. Yeah, I couldn't put that out. We couldn't let the rest of them know that I was the favorite. Yeah, but yeah, we were super close. Like even now, she still comes to me in dreams. So like, it's like I, I you know, I dream about her a lot, mm-hmm. and it's like when I'm going through a lot of yeah, like stuff. hard stuff is when she pops up the most, and I like to just let me know that you know 
you're good, you know, yeah. you'll be all right. And I'm still here, popping in to say hello. <laughs> Truth, yeah. A lot of occurrences in that house. It was her house. No, it was an apartment we lived in when we were kids growing up in Cranston. Oh, so it's just your like where yeah, you live? Yeah, it was live. like a random. Yeah, it was a random. Oh, okay. Apartment. I thought it might have been like her house. No. Okay. We, at the at the time, she was at the, when she passed away. She was living in East Providence with my with my uncle hmm. and my grandfather. And when she passed away, she was in the hospital. So you know, she had gone in because she had swallowed a piece of glass or something. Oh, really? And had to have surgery, and she got pneumonia or, or something. While she was in the hospital, and the day she was supposed to be discharged, she passed away. And then, you know, they kept putting off her coming home. And then, you know, so like the, the day I found out she passed away, um, my mom's like, I gotta talk to you, because my, my dad was at the hospital with every with his family. And um, my mom's like, I gotta talk to you about you, about Nana. I'm like, what? Let me guess. She's not coming home today, right? She's coming home tomorrow. Mm-hmm. And my mom was like, no, she passed away a little while ago. Dad went to, you know, to the hospital to, you know, to do, get, the, deal. do the, yeah. the deal. Yeah, because they go in and they, like, wash the body up before the yeah. the morgue come to take the body and whatnot. So they were all there for that. But they just always thought it was weird because I'm like the only one that even now that still dreams about her like because like, she used to call me up every single night tell yeah. us you know bedtime stories and she um would make up stories but each character in the stories that she told us she would make up a little voice to go with that character okay. so it kind of like was like our ritual we like yeah. looked forward to our nightly bedtime stories from Nana because of the little voices and like when we were being bad, she had like this witch voice. And <laughs> my dad would be like, "You better, you know." I think the I think the witch's name was Prudence, and <laughs> my my dad would be like, "If you're not good, I'm gonna call Prudence." And you know, we were little; we didn't realize it was her. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so my dad would be like, "Oh, you better, be, you know, be good, or I'm gonna call Prudence." And you know, he would call my nana up, tell tell her we were acting up. Make us get on the phone with Prudence and she'd like scare the scare us straight again. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like without the whole going to prison bit. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I thought that was that was the first time I remember anything like ghosts related. Mm-hmm. And but I was just like too young to really. How old were you? I think I was almost fifteen. I was 14, about to be 15 when she passed away. It's an important year. Like, yeah. important age. You know, yeah. the coming of... Becoming a woman, I think. Well, at the time, too, because, like... Being half Spanish, like... Yeah. 15, you have your quinceañeras. Like, with, like... With the American families, with the sweet 16, they do a sweet 15. So, I remember because there was, there was like, a big deal. Because, you know, my mom had been planning... The part, birthday party for me, and mm-hmm. like everybody was like, "That's too in, that's inappropriate." Because I think my birthday was like two months after she passed away, and you know she was looking forward to this. Like they thought it was too soon. They thought it was too soon huh. for, to, for you know to have a birthday party after two months. Huh? Yeah, it's kind of weird. Well, so is my family. I guess so. <laughs> <laughs> so is my family. So. No offense. No offense. Yeah, they thought it. Was, they thought it was my. More so my grandfather at the time. He thought it was just really inappropriate. But he was probably still grieving. Yeah. yeah. Everybody was. Like, she was like, the glue that held everybody together. Because right after she passed is when everybody just started 
went their own way. And my grandfather was like that in our family. And, uh, yeah, we used to be, like, all get together. And we still get together from time to time. But it was more of, like, a... Yeah, now it's like funerals. That's yeah. That's the only time we really get together now. Or them, them attempting to make funerals for the other one. Yeah, you know what that I mean? too. It's an interesting dynamic. Yeah. So you, uh, for the sound of it is that it wasn't an attachment to the place. It's more your relationship with her that made uh, you able to contact her or her able to contact you. Yeah, you without even relationship. realizing it. Because like I said, even now, I'm 42. And when I'm going through a tough time, she always comes in my dreams. And, well, it's it's like I'm sitting right there with her, you know, in the kitchen, having a cup of coffee, like nothing. Yeah. Oh, the dream state, you're wide open. So that's a good that's a good way for those in spirit to be able to communicate. Yeah, because they, they, even that with my mom, that since she passed away, that's always the way that I communicate even now with her. I always am dreaming about Which my one mom. was the thin one that kept the hair pulled back? Never really turned that much gray. Your mother or your grandma? My mom. Oh, she's with you right now. She's right over there. That's going to make me cry. <laughs> Raise the real deal. That was a hard night. Yeah. I had a bunch of friends over when she passed away. And, um, you know, she had called me and my dad was like, you know, your mom's having a bad night. So, you know, keep an eye on her. And I had, like I said, I had a bunch of friends over and I went to check on her after the movie. And, you know, she was playing, she was sitting on her bed just doing her thing. And I, you know, asked her if she was ready for bed and you know I put her stuff away I got her situated got her, her water you know she told me she loved me and that she was proud of me because it was right before we started doing all of this yeah and then my dad came down literally 20 minutes later and he went to check on her and he comes back out to me and he's like Melissa I need you to come into the in your mom's room with me and I'm like why what's the matter he goes I don't think she's breathing and in that 20 minutes from me checking on her and my dad coming down, she had passed away. Does this mean anything to you in relation to, to, to your mother? She used to knit when her eyesight was good. Okay. You have something of hers that she knit for you. I have a lot of things that yeah. she knit. No, 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 no. There's one that has a pattern on it. It's kind of, it's kind of small. It's got a pattern in it. There's a doily. I have a doily. Yeah, the doily size. Yeah. The doily one. Yeah, we saved all that stuff. Like, even the bracelet I have on. She had mm. bought this for me for Christmas. I never take this off. The only time this bracelet's left my wrist is when we moved, and I didn't know which box it was in, and it had mm -hmm. been in storage for, like, ever. And then once we found it, I had to get it fixed because it was broken. And this has not left my wrist unless it's been broken. The reason she mentioned this... And the doily is that she knows you still have it, and she's happy. She's still with you. That's why she brought that image up. Yeah, my, we, we, to an extent, are hoarders. <laughs> 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 like, anything that my mom made or gave us, we yeah. have all of it. Like, Yeah, but there's one you either keep out or you still use. What's that? that? There's... 
There's, I have a, on my, on my dresser, well, that was hers, <laughs> um, I have a, a, like a yellow, like, doily type thing that was hers that she always used to have on her dresser, or, you know, with her jewelry boxes But and the everything. centerpiece is a different pattern than the rest? There's, there is no pattern on it. It's just plain yellow in the middle and it's lace around the edge. This one. Lace, yellow, hers, you have it. She mm -hmm. knows. I always use it. It's okay. Yeah, you always use it. That's why I can't bear to get rid of right. the dresser because it was hers. <laughs> I hear you. So. Mm, so I am. Yep. No, but you can you can relax. You can feel good. She's still with you. I know she is. I like, I mean, even like like I, like I was saying when when they went to go grab dinner, um, my nephew was almost maybe almost two when she passed away, and you wouldn't think at that age that remember. he would remember. He mm -hmm. remembers. And, you know, he can point to a picture and that's mama, her her ashes, her urn. When you say, where's mama? He'll go right over to the shelf where my dad keeps her ashes and there's mama. You'll randomly see him in the room sitting on his bed or wherever, staring into a corner, babbling away. And when you ask him who he's talking to, he'll say mama. Hmm. You know, because that was her little sunshine because he's... He's the first and only grandbaby. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, that was like a big thing for her when of course. he was when he was born. Of course. You know, I mean, we didn't always have, uh, you know, what what young what young girl really usually always had like a great relationship with their mom, but like her and I always <laughs> at each other's, you know throats fighting constantly yeah. but there was nothing I would not do for her yeah I think it, at the point like she was so sick when she passed away I think it was more the fact that you know she felt that I shouldn't be taking care of her you know she mm. was the mother stubborn I, yeah very yeah. stubborn all you know four foot you know 11 feisty. inches of her yeah she was yeah. feisty she was like I don't care how big you are I brought you into this world I'll take you out even <laughs> if it's on a step stool <laughs> There was, even with her, like, my ex-husband's house was, like, super haunted. Yeah. Anyways, and that's where she passed away, too. So oh, now really? That's kind of why my dad didn't move out of that area. Like, literally, when I tell you he didn't move out of the area, my ex, it's my ex-husband's house, there's a neighbor's house, and my dad moved literally two houses over. I remember over. you told me you were really close. Like, yeah. Right, yeah. Yeah. So my dad moved two houses over, and, um, where was I going with that? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Um, the house is like super haunted, but yeah. my mom, me and my dad, when my mom moved in with me and my ex-husband from the nursing home, we ended up getting CNAs put in place for her so that we could leave, go to our appointments, do our grocery shopping, what we needed to do and not have to worry about leaving her at home because she was having a lot of instances when she was left alone, when she was falling and then nobody was home and you know, she'd be on the floor and not be able to have anybody there to help her. Yeah. So we had left to go grocery shopping. We came back and as soon as we got in the house, the CNA ran out the door. Hmm. Like she didn't want to be there. So I ran outside with her. And I'm like, what's going on? And she was like, I was helping your mom in the shower. It was a hot summer day. Like I will never forget the story because I, I didn't know whether to laugh at her or, you know, call bullshit. Yeah. But, 
at the same token, I couldn't really say anything because I, I had experienced a lot of weird stuff in that house. So I, I knew she wasn't full of it. Yeah. So she was helping my mom shower. Nobody was home. My sister was at work. And she was sitting. My mom had one of those walkers that had like the built-in chair. Yeah. And the CNA was sitting on that outside the bathroom while my mom was in the shower because she had a shower chair. And there was no breeze whatsoever. But the, we had these big bay windows on the front of the house. And... Those were even closed because it was so hot that day. Yeah. Well, I guess a breeze picked up, the curtain blew, and all she heard was a voice say, hi. Mm. She lost her shit. Yeah. Because she knew no one was there. Yeah. And, like, she couldn't get out of that house quick enough. She literally, she quit that day. At least the house seems friendly. It, it wasn't you know friendly. I mean? Like, I nothing, nothing that I experienced there was unfriendly. Yeah. It was just odd mm-hmm. because, like, you'd randomly hear different kinds of music from like different eras. Or, like, there was a day it was just me and my ex husband. He was downstairs paying bills. I had just gone upstairs to get dressed after taking a shower because we were getting ready to go to his parents' house. And we heard somebody calling me. Mm-hmm. But it wasn't him because he was paying bills. And, like, there was just the two of us in the house. So, who the hell would be calling me because nobody knew? On the phone or just your name? Like, just my name. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm, I'm sitting here saying, what? And he's like, what? I'm like, well, you just called me, didn't you? He's like, no. I was like, well, hmm. somebody just called me. He goes, I heard that too, but I thought, you know, somebody was calling from outside and there was nobody around. Yeah, I've heard my name a few times, like, at work and stuff. Well, well, could, what do you get out of that? Right? They, they, could, they, they could be someone attached to you trying to communicate. That's, that's one thing. The other yeah. thing... The prevalence and multiple people hearing things where you lived. How old was the building? The house? I think the house was built in like the eight, late 1800s, early <laughs> 1900s. Okay, so, so old. It was a really old, yeah. Okay, so the house itself has a lot of history, mm-hmm. and the people in that house went through a lot of periods of time. A uh, couple of wars, Great Depression, a lot of families coming and going. Quite often at that time, um, medical care wasn't great, so people didn't live as long. Yeah. Often. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, as far as a friendly atmosphere might go, is you did have the, what you had was the extended family. When someone grew up, quite often, different generations, they all pretty much stayed together and took care of each other. So if you have that kind of loving environment, that family environment, and you move in, then you do have the friendly ghost over there. Oh, hi. Oh, look, another family. Oh, hi. Mm-hmm. How are you doing? How... They're trying to communicate. Yeah. It's not very, not negative at all. Because most likely the people in there, if you did do some history, you'd probably find at some point there was one family that was there for a long period of time. Maybe back to when it was originally built. You'd probably find that they are the ones that have stayed there because they have a strong attachment to it. And, uh, yeah. Friendly people. They obviously weren't serial killers or anything of that sort. They were friendly people that greeted the, were greeting the new tenant, uh, tenements. Yeah, because I, I, I mean, because I know, like I've, I've seen the opposite Tenants. side of that, you know, spectrum too, where I've woken up in the middle of the night by like my foot being pulled. Like I hate, like you know how everybody's mm-hmm. always saying they hate to have their feet hanging over the edge of the bed at night that's, when that's they're sleeping, me, yeah. type of deal. Well, there was one night where, like, I was covered completely because, like, I don't like my feet hanging over the edge of the bed. And all of a sudden, I got yanked 
Now, you talk about yank, playful, or a hard pull? Like, a hard pull. Like, it woke me up out of a dead sleep. I thought it was my ex-husband, like, messing with me. No, because I was, I was wondering if it was playful as a child, or more, more like an adult trying to wake you up. That instance was like an adult trying to wake me up. You don't recall what dreams you were having before that? Or I, don't. That just I don't. Kind of I don't. That like kind of literally... blew it away. Yeah, that, yeah, and... pretty much. Like, for once, I was actually, like, having a good night's sleep. And, like, you know, it's like everything always happens during that period of time they call the witching hour. Mm-hmm. Like, religiously, I am up 3 a.m. Mm-hmm. Religiously. Whether it's to go to the bathroom or my cats jump on me because they want to go outside or to play or to yeah. eat all of a sudden. But religiously, every day, 3 a.m., I'm woken up by something. So, hmm. I don't know. <laughs> you think it's a reoccurrence type well, thing that something happened at that hour? Or like she said, it was just, there was a certain special time of the night that... Things like that happen. It could it could be more of a residual type of thing. Something mm-hmm. happened at that hour of the night, and that is what is, keeps on coming up about that time. And it triggers you because, from the way you're talking, I'd say you're a sensitive, at least, if not uh, a sensitive or an empath, that you pick things up, and they reach out that memory of something occurred, a residual haunting, they call it sometimes. Um, you're tapping into that at the same time every night. You're tapping into it. You're tapping into it. And I just, I don't remember what it could possibly even be because for as long as, since I was a teenager, like religiously 3 Hmm. a.m. No, no later than, if it doesn't happen at exactly 3 a.m., it's never no later than 3.30, but anywhere between 3 and 3.30 in the morning. Do you remember anything when you were younger that maybe happened? Maybe like... Not at that time because like... Traumatizing or like big... Big life thing that happened at that hour of the night? No, not, I can't recall anything that... Because it's been in different, different houses and stuff, different right? different places, yeah. yeah. Different places makes it very interesting. It's more yeah. like... Uh, yeah. It's like something, fo- it's something... It feels like almost like something's following me, but yeah. it's not anything... It's never been anything really harmful. Like the most that I've usually happened was the, my foot getting pulled. Mm-hmm. Like there was something was trying to pull me out of bed or, you know, waking up with like random bruises on like my arms or my legs like well if it's if it's following you you may want to check into your family history very carefully uh of people in there but outside of that uh you if you want to you may look into different uh whether it be rituals or something to just any break any attachments to stop it because it's like it's not it's not like anything it's not bothersome well, if you're getting up me, every morning but, at 3 and let's say you have a bruise here or your foot tugged there, you may want to get rid of it and get a good night's sleep. A bruise, a bruise yeah. is a bruise. Yeah. yeah. I mean, half the time I don't even notice until it's, like, fading. Yeah. So, it, it, like, it's not like I even recall, you know, being touched, as they would say. Do you think it's, like, an alert, maybe? Like, something... I, I wouldn't put a... I wouldn't put a pass by it, but I... I've... You know, I've gone through some traumatic yeah, yeah. stuff, so... I think we've talked, me and Ray, I think we've talked about, like, that if it senses something coming, you know, whether it be a stressful thing or something in the physical form, like maybe a fire or carbon monoxide leak, like we were talking about earlier, yeah. that it was something, you know, would 
alert you that something yeah, the was... Yeah, last, the last uh, time it was really, like, really bad, like, where I couldn't, like, even go back to sleep afterwards. I, and I had a nightmare prior. I was having a nightmare prior to that 3 a.m. awakening. I had just found out that the guy that tried that had strangled me and tried to kill me had gotten out of prison that day. So it was like an in, in, intuition? I think that one I was, like, kind of like a, a warning type of deal that it was coming it, yeah like that it, either it was coming or there was something that was going on because like I literally had a nightmare and at that point the only people that even knew where I lived was you it wasn't me <laughs> and no no, no <laughs> but I'm just saying at I the know. time the, the yeah. only people that knew where I lived was you and maybe three other people yeah because my, my father still hasn't even been to my place and I've been there almost two years it's been almost two years since this whole in, in, incident happened and I was having a nightmare that he broke in and tried to do it again Hmm. And since then, like every time it comes close to that date where he's gonna get out, it starts all over again. Well, because that's your I, I don't know. If it's like the, I don't know if it's like the PTSD it, you know? portion of the program. Or... I think it might have a little bit to do with the PTSD. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? And your 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 mind knows to worry. So, but like, but like even that because yeah. like they they'll send me a text to let me know that he got out or whatever, but. I dream about it before it happens. Hmm. I'll dream I got the text message, or I'll dream he's coming out, af- coming after me, and then I find out he's out. It's weird. My grandfather used to have dreams like that. Like I remember he had a dream that my uncle got into a boat accident, and it happened like a week later. But he'd have like weird premonition dreams of what was to come type deal. It, it's a uh, premonition. It's all. Part, uh, many theories, some of them fall in the realm of quantum physics uh, that relate to the past, the present, the future, how it doesn't really exist. They're not separate. We're in all of our lives at once. It's just where we're aware of. I mean, if you were, you would imagine a sphere and draw a line around the outside, that's your whole life. Well, the whole line is there, but you're at one point in the line. That's the only part you're aware of now you may get a glimpse of what's on the other side. Now, if you're talking about premonition or sometimes knowing something else, I can remember one time I got up in the morning and I was really, really nervous. And I was very shaken. And my wife said, what was the matter? I said, there's been a disaster. And she goes, what? And I just couldn't look at her. I just went three, three, three. And I couldn't talk. At that time, I turned the radio on. another part of the world, there was a jet with hundreds of people that broke into three pieces and crashed overnight. Well, somehow I felt it. And I could feel the pain and the three pieces of the jet. You may have that sort of link that you can see or feel things outside of yourself. And you may be strongest in that state around three o'clock in the morning when you're in a deep sleep before you wake up. What is tugging or waking you up? Maybe trying to warn you, possibly. It's up to you whether you want to explore a discipline to maybe develop it further or something to block it and shut it down if you don't like it that much. I kind of, I'm kind of curious to find out what caused it. Like, what is it trying to tell me? <coughs> like, what's it? If, if you think a lot, if like a lot of people 
pass at the same time like that. Do you think that energy would almost create like a shock wave that would go out, that then people that could pick up on it would feel, you know, like that sounds like what you're what you're talking about. Yeah, def- definitely something goes out, mm-hmm. and if you're sensitive, you can feel it. And yeah, like I said a little while ago, I do think that you're you're sensitive and you can pick these things up. It may be on a personal thing with someone you've had a relationship with because there's a connection, or maybe with something that's happening out in the world quite often for myself is that I will whether it's get up or whatnot and I can relate something to my wife in my mood and you know in a bad mood I'm very sad today and then I find out well there's been a tornado and a bunch of whole whole bunch of people died or there's an earthquake and 50 people died or whatever and I go okay since the rest of my life is going very well, and the only mm. thing that happened was this earthquake that killed 50 people here, yeah. it's that large, that death and that, that comes with it that I can pick up on, which is why I try and keep walls up, because I can't be keeping myself subject to that all the time. All the time, yeah. Well, that was like um, when Matt passed away. Mm-hmm. I hadn't talked to Matt in almost a, almost a year. I hadn't talked to him since... Yeah, actually, it had been a year. I, the last time I had seen him was in December. No, we had gone out to dinner right before Christmas last year. Yeah. Well, the year before now. And um, the day he passed away, all day long, like, I just had this, like, I felt sick to my stomach. Yeah. And something told me to go check his Facebook page. But I had taken him off my friends list for whatever reason, because, because you know, we kept going in and out of communication with one mm-hmm. another. And um, the day he passed away, I'd gone to his mom's page. So I said, go check her page. And it was, her page was public. And that's how I found out he passed away. And then the next morning, somebody else had messaged me saying, oh my God, did you hear about Matt passing away? Yeah. And that's how we found out. That's how I found out about him passing away. Something said, go check his page. And when I couldn't see anything past, um, I think a GoFundMe that he had set up. Previous, I, previously, yeah, that was the thing, last yeah. thing I could see on his page. I went to his mom's and found out that he had gotten into the accident on the highway on his yeah. way down the But that oh. whole day, I just had that feeling sick to my stomach that something was wrong, and I just couldn't. And for whatever reason, his his name popped into my head, mm-hmm. and that's when I found that out. Like it's just little thing, little things like that. Yeah, I'll I'll have random thoughts about people and then find out something happens whether good or bad right now do you think that do you think that this possibly goes even further than that for instance mediumship that you could have the ability to see and know anything more on the other side because you not that I don't if I had not that I've really ever paid attention paid close attention to or pursued I just always thought you know because I, I would say that you are very open, and you, you can receive. It would probably be a good idea to learn how to control it, shut it down, but also explore it to open it up for your own benefit to be able to help other people. Oh, so my mom calling me a witch wasn't far off. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean, right now, if I would ask you, is, it, if there, is there anybody with us now? What would pop into your head? Don't think. Just first thing. My mom. Anybody else? My Nana. Her favorite color, gray? I don't... She wore a lot of gray? 
She no, she always wore like yellow or red because she was a redhead. Okay, that's a different one then. Uh, anybody <laughs> else? <laughs> Not. Okay. That I could think of, no. I haven't really had too many females around me that have passed. What about males? My grandfather. He was the only one that I loved, that I could think of that would have passed that would how about, be around. How about someone not associated with you? Anything pop in your head? My my cousin's grandfather on her mom's side. You're thinking of people and associated to you. But Any random person pop in your head right now? No. Okay. <laughs> like, and any weird thing I've ever experienced, it's always been... What what happens is that you, you are a receiver, but right now, your focus is pushing out. Because you start naming, well, there's this one, and you're pushing thoughts out. If you learn to not push out, but just let them in, then you'll be able to receive more. When you're in that dream state at night, and you're open, you're receiving. You're receiving because you're open. Learning how to put up protection and clothes so you don't randomly receive anything. And once you learn how to do that, then you can learn how to selectively open and receive what you want. So you're less susceptible to these random things popping in, popping in, popping in, popping in, waking you up, etc. Those two things I think would be a pretty good idea. Yeah, because I know if I told anybody on a you know, doctor level, I'd be back in Butler. <laughs> You did aid work for a bit, didn't you? With like older folks? I've been in pretty much in the medical field for a better portion of the last 20 years. So I've worked in a lot of group homes with a lot of adults with developmental disabilities. I've been there when quite a few have taken their last breath. Mm. But I would, the one that would, even with that, that comes to mind that I was really close to was this one. His, his name was Wayne. He was so sweet and like, um, it was right after I had just come back from finding out the first time I had cancer, I had gone back to work and then we found out he had stomach cancer. They had given him six months to live. He ended up passing away three weeks after I came back. Hmm. The day he passed away, he had been up in hospice in Woonsocket, um, because we just couldn't, he was in so much pain at that point yeah. that even with the pain control that we were doing at the nursing at the group home, it wasn't enough. You know, we were only able to give him like morphine and you know Ativan to kind of keep him calm. He needed more than that. So when it got to that point, that is when they moved him to the hospice. The morning he passed away, uh, we had had a staff meeting, and they were trying to you know figure out you know putting together like the calling hours and whatnot because we knew it wasn't going to be much longer once he was taken up to the hospice. After we left that staff meeting, like four of us were like, let's go see Wayne. And when we got up there, his sisters were there and, you know, they knew because I literally was working around the clock hmm. because he wanted me there. Yeah. And I, him and I were close. Like he was my favorite at the time. And, um, when he, when he, he, was getting to that point where he was about to go. I was holding his hand. Like I had just gotten there. I was holding his hand, like just, you know, rubbing his hand, telling him it was okay. You know, that his sisters were there and I was there. And, you know, there was another staff member that had been there at the time. And then not even five minutes after we got there, 
closed his eyes, had this big smile on his face, and like you literally just like saw the color change in his face. Like you saw the rosiness leave, and it's just like he started getting more pale, hmm. and like literally you could see the life leave him. And I stayed again. It was like that the whole thing, the big Italian family. I stayed to help them wash up his body before they came to take him to get him, you know, ready for whatever the embalming whatever they do once they come and take the body but that like i've seen in that situation because of working in the group homes and whatnot i've seen so many people pass away it's heartbreaking ray worked hospice i believe right back in the uh not directly i worked as an assistant manager at a uh, nursing home Mm mm-hmm uh, it was in the housekeeping. We had a hospice unit. We had trouble keeping people to work the hospice unit. And since part of the assistant managers do anything that needs to get done, I often ended up in a hospice unit, mm-hmm. which I was comfortable in, working with the people there and with the families. I spent a lot of, quite a bit of my time in that hospice unit with the people to uh, discreetly keep it clean and also stay out of people's way, but also to treat them and their families in a respectful way. Yeah, that's kind of the same thing I was doing in the group at the group home while they were there because that, that particular client wasn't the first client that I had watched. Hold his name. When he passed away, I want to say I was 27. I think he was like... Maybe 50-ish. Okay. They were old. He was older, you know. Um, he really I'm liked our, you a lot. He was he was sweet. He was I loved him. He him and there was another one named Sammy. Yeah. And Andy. They were they had lived in an apartment. They had their own apartment together, and they were older, and they were getting to that point where they couldn't be in the apartment setting anymore. So that I the, the group home I worked in was more for um, the lesser functioning Mm -hmm. MR population. So, you know, we did a lot of lifting and we had the the Hoya lifts for the ones that we couldn't, you know, lift on our own. Like, it was a lot of hands-on. So when they brought these these two gentlemen in, they put them in the same room together because literally their entire lives, they lived together. It was like the odd couple. Like, Andy would sneak into Sammy's bed at night so that they could sleep together because they were such good friends. Yeah. So, like, no one ever thought anything was weird. And, like, literally, Sammy passed away and Andy passed away, like, a couple of weeks after him. It was like watching a little old married It's like the old couple. couples. Yeah. Just, be, you know, with, like, a broken heart. Mm. Yeah. And, like, all of them were nonverbal. So, it's not like... You, you could see they cared about yeah. certain people by their mm. interactions because, like... There was always stuff I could get them to do that they wouldn't do for anybody else. So, you know. And you gotta be heart you really have to be heartless to go into that kind of work and right. not develop a, not relationship a relationship with them when you're working hands on with them day in and day out. Yeah. For, like I literally I worked overnights and then I would I'd work a ten hour overnight and then I would do a first shift. Or I would do a first shift or into a second shift or a second shift or into a third shift. I was always there. Yeah always there so they were used to seeing my face (laughs) because I I, I was single at the time you know I loved my job yeah you know making good money wasn't hurting me at that time yeah but 
Never hurts. It never hurts. But you, like I said, when you're working in that kind of in that field, you have to be heartless to not develop relationships. Like I always, no matter what, like I worked in several different homes within that same agency. You always have a favorite in each home. Yeah. Because the, the personalities are all so different. Yeah. And they're just they're fun, like nonverbal or not. You know, they have their little things that they would do, like. Like after Sammy Sammy passed away, he used to have this little teddy bear that he absolutely loved. It has like this little like sweater on it, kind of looks like a almost like a Ralph Lauren mm. little knitted. I know the teddy bear. I think I've seen. You saw yeah, it was it's yeah. on that that bookcase I have. And when he passed away, they gave me that, and there was a, a t shirt that he used to love to wear. It says Harlem on it, mm. and it was like the only like ghetto <laughs> like type of tire that he would wear with a pair of basketball shorts so when he when he passed away they gave me that too his his the family gave me that do you think he might be with you still being that you have something that he loved it's, a, it's i, it doesn't I all won't happen. put anything past it yeah. just because of the fact because like wayne i still have pictures i still have a picture of him mm-hmm. that i have that you know, his family had given me when he passed away. Like, I have pictures. Like, I I keep weird, random Trinkets. things from the clients I had that I supported that I was close with. Yeah. Like, whether it's pictures or, like, actual, like, little items. Because I had, like, one that she used to love wearing jewelry. And she used to make bracelets all the time. So I have this hideous bracelet made from a pipe cleaner and these ginormous clay beads that but she made it, it for me right. so i st- and to this day i still have it it's in i have that little this little winnie the pooh like trunk thing that my aunt had sent me and i keep like all my like favorite little trinket type things in you know, it's nothing valuable, right. but valuable to, to me. Right. You know, so like if somebody broke in, they're going to be really disappointed when they <laughs> open that up. <laughs> you know, it's nothing, it's nothing good it, but to them, but to me it is. Right, the sentimental value. Yeah, like, um, when it comes to stuff like that, I, I, I'm very sentimental. I throw nothing out unless I'm mad and then I, you know, <laughs> then that's a different story. But and then I regret it, regret it after the fact. Yeah. But, yeah, I, I got all kinds of things like even with, with my grandmother like we you know as a kid you know you draw pictures mm-hmm. or I used to collect garbage pail kick cards of course very so nice. my favorite one you know my my middle name is the same as my grandmother's first name and the garbage pail kick card was Ruth something I don't remember what it was but I gave it to my nana so after she passed away my grandfather gave me back everything that I had ever given her hmm. because she saved it all. Yeah. And he gave every single thing back to me because she had made sure that prior to her passing, anything her grandkids gave her, that we got it back so that we could see that no matter what, you know, she, she had held, she everything. She it, yeah. saved everything. And I think that's where we got our, you know, pack rat syndrome from. <laughs> <laughs> I feel it. I have it too, don't worry. <laughs> Just look in the basement. <laughs> See, Hawk's down there. He knows. He's the biggest pile of junk of all. The, um, Ray, do you think spirits are, they kind of cling to one person or thing, or do you think they're allowed to jump around and do do as they wish type uh, thing? I don't, 
really know if allowed is the word, but... Um, you know what I mean. <laughs> <laughs> can they jump around? Uh, yeah, it's, no. it's what they choose to do. They may have a particular individual that if they perceive that person maybe needs help, mm. that they may stay with for a while to get that person past a certain hurdle in life or certain realization or give them a certain amount of comfort at a difficult time. And then afterwards, they may decide to move on, either move, move on as in continue whatever their job is in spirit or move on to another person to help. There's the idea that you move on, you can choose, whether it's choosing to be reincarnated, choosing to stay here and help people. You can be on, on the other side and reach out to be able to help people in time of needs while still staying in your spirit self. Depending upon what discipline or belief system you have, you have um, your higher self, your I am presence, there's all of these things on the other side depending upon uh, what, what you believe, but many of them, even the very old ones, uh, it's very common, pretty much worldwide, for spirits to be able to come back and help people, stay with them as long as they need help, and then move on when they don't need it. And they can pretty much choose to where they're going to give help or who they're going to give help to. So yeah, you can have someone watching over and helping. You can also ask them if you had a relationship with somebody that's strong at certain times for help. And if there was a strong relationship, you can pretty much expect that, you know, may not be uh, like being hit with a two-by-four on the side of the head. It may not be that strong, but you'll get these little, what you think are intuitive things and these little decisions and this little guidance that kind of like either keeps you out of trouble or helps you with a good decision or gets you through a difficult point. And that's where you turn around and you go, thank you. And whether it's mom, whether it's dad, yeah. whether it's whomever, say, okay, I know that wasn't me because I would have never thought of that. <laughs> yeah, because like I'll, 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 there's, there's times where I'll be in the car or like in the house cleaning or whatever and like a certain song will come on that my mom like really liked and it, to me, that's like message. She said, "Yeah, it's yeah. a sign that she's saying hi, or you yeah. know how they say like like if you see a cardinal or something." Cardinal is a loved one. Yeah, um, songs. And smell. my mom, my mom loved birds, hmm. and my dad had give had give, gave me one of her sweaters that has birds all over it. Yeah. <laughs> so like it's just hanging in my closet. Yeah, like I literally I have random. Smells, Items, smells, perfume, perfumes, or certain flowers. That, uh, yep, she loves carnations. Like, banana, like, yep. banana smell. Yep, banana perfume. Yeah. <laughs> yep. So all of these, all of these things are signs um, that they're still with you. They're still there. Sometimes that's all we need to know is that they're there, and that's enough comfort for us to kind of clear our minds and make better choices for ourselves knowing that they're still there yeah because I, I know that the night my mom passed away was a rough night mm -hmm. because like that was right before my that was like really the beginning of the end for my marriage and that night my ex-husband I had asked him to stay home and it was more important to go out and play cards and when he came home like I said I was having a movie night and my friends were over and one of the friends that was over was a guy and Instantly, the ex-husband started accusing me of cheating. My mom just passed away. Yeah. And you're accusing me of cheating on you. I've never cheated in my life. <laughs> so what were you doing that, you know, you're, you're picking this moment 
Yeah. You know, to start accusing me. Like, so, like, where a moment where I should have been grieving, I was fighting. Robbed of it. I was, yeah. Of selfishness. Yeah, of, some, of yeah. somebody else. So I never really got to grieve her death. So that's kind of always been a thing. Like, even with my, my sister, it's the same thing. Because her and my mom had had a fight prior to my mom's passing. And my sister hadn't said a word to my mom in, like, a week. Yeah. You know, stubborn. She was busy working. She had, you know, taking care of the baby. So, you know, I think she got a, she has a little bit of guilt, too. And, like, it makes her want to, you know. Yeah. It, it helps with her. She would like to know that, you know, she's still around. Yeah, the last time I seen my grandfather alive, I'd beef with him. We got an argument and punched me. But I like, you, you deal with the things and you just, you know, it's, it's an awkward situation. Yeah. You know what I mean? But I feel like... Um, I feel whatever doesn't kill me just makes me stronger type of deal. Yeah. So like at this point, I should be able to bench press well, and you, be awake. There you <laughs> go. I think you get to look at it like, you know, for whatever reason, and a lot of anger comes from love, as awkward as that is, like them wanting... Really wanting to, like, drive something into your head or whatever. And that was me with Bobby last night. Yeah. Like, <laughs> like seriously, I, yeah. I, I really wanted to, like, knock him out. Yeah. <laughs> Some of my brother. Yeah. Tough love. Yeah. But, like, I think, yeah, that's... You should tell us you shouldn't feel guilty about it. Because wherever, you know, whatever that fight was was something probably real petty. Yeah, it usually... And anything that involves either one of us... Fighting with my mom was usually petty. So if you feel that way, I mean, the flip side of <laughs> the flip side of it is that when she passed, you know, she, you know, I'm sure she feels just as bad about it. You know what I mean? See, that's how I look at things. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, but I think both least, sides regret the situation. Like as much as her, her my mother and I yeah. fought, you know, it was love. She, it was, yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, whether Feist. we wanted to admit it or not. Yeah, my my dad calls me little Lillian. Like he goes, "You are your mother." Yeah. He goes, "There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. You are your mother." <laughs> like if you thing. if you look at pictures, like I have a I have a picture one of the when I did my photo shoot. Yeah. One of the pictures that was taken of me before I even got to the photo shoot was like literally right after my friends did my hair and makeup, like. If you go back and look at a picture of my mom when my mom was younger, spitting image. Okay. It's like eerie, hmm. almost how much the resemblance is between her and I. And it, right, right down to the attitude, the only difference between me and her is she's 4'11 and I'm 5'8. <laughs> That's like the only difference. <laughs> Ray's deep in thought over there now. Sometimes no, what, talking to him. What's the uh, turkey significance? I'm seeing the image of a turkey. Is that with you or one of the others here? Turkey? Yeah, turkey. And I'm not talking Thanksgiving. I'm seeing the image on something of a turkey. All right, just, it flashed. I don't know where it flashed from. I don't know. My mom used to call one of my exes a turkey. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe that could be, that could be something. <laughs> that, that could be it, because part of me was thinking nickname, but... Uh. <laughs> yeah, like, the, the first guy I ever got engaged to, my mom used to call him a turkey. <laughs> oh she was funny yeah when oh yeah when she got going you should hear some of the conversations you think some of the things i come out with are funny you should have heard the stuff she used she would say and it was even funnier just because like she waited 
till that moment where you didn't think anybody was going to say anything and then be the one to say something. Mm -hmm. And if it was totally inappropriate, it it was even better. Yeah. You know, like the conversations at like Thanksgiving, Christmas dinners, like my one family would come over and it wasn't just, you know, me and my mom, my dad and my sister. If the other family members came, we had to tone it down because they would be like, like, seriously, like, why are you having this conversation right now? Because we can, Yeah. (laughs) like, we never, we don't, we don't, you know, hold back. Yeah. <laughs> Verbal diarrhea. <laughs> Constantly. <laughs> like, there's no holding back. And, like, that's the one thing from her that I definitely am guilty of is the motor mouth. The gift of gab type of deal. <laughs> gotta let it out. It's true. Going back to the music, hearing music, I've heard that often, people hearing different arid music in their house and stuff. Now, if people have passed a lot of, an older house, a lot of people probably have passed there. Do you think that music might be something they listen to to comfort them? Or where do you, th- where do you think the music comes from when people hear music that it, isn't there? It could have been a favorite song of the person that passed. Yeah. Um, probably... If it's a message, it's more likely something you would recognize. Oh, yeah, that was so-and-so's favorite song, or, like, that was so-and-so's favorite perfume, or that was something something along those lines. Um, or it can, if you don't recognize it, it can just be someone kind of reaching out to let you know that, to let you know that you're not alone, there's someone else here. I doubt if it's done inadvertent, unless it's a residual mm-hmm. sort of thing. Um, such as if you had a musician in the house that died in the house, then maybe you might get music in the right. house. That That's more of a residual type of thing. But yeah, the music is a way of communication. Spells, not, uh, smells very definitely are a strong one. Also the odd noises. And by that I remember uh, one time uh, let's see, I okay, I got notified went to the hospital of someone who was passing that the person only had a few hours left was there for the passing uh, went home uh, was thinking about the person and this was before I got heavily into mediumship there's a knock at the front door no no one there now, <clears throat> I can see right from the window, the big porch, the street, everything. Okay, start to walk away. It's knocking at the front door. No one there. That happened three times. Until I finally thought, oh, okay. They're moving on. Because as soon as I stopped thinking about them, and as soon as I kind of thought that, you know, they're gone, they're moving on, the knocking stopped. So it's kind of like that noise was used because I was maybe overly dwelling on them. And it kind of woke me up, snapped me out of my little self-pity thing because I wasn't the one that passed. Right. And that kind of woke me up and made me think of things and put it in perspective. But that was, to me, I tied that to a specific person. Those things, that could be from a specific person 
or if you're in a house and haven't lost somebody, it could be someone else just trying to give you a little tap and wake you up and snap you out of that mood you're in or just let you know you're not alone or could be a message there if you investigate it further, open yourself up. Now I'm gonna I'm gonna start end up doing a lot of reading now. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's definitely like it's not the, you're not the first person to tell me that I'm an empath and fail things. Some when I was working at the urgent care, some random lady that had come in to be seen said the same thing to me. This lady didn't know me, obviously. Didn't know me from a hole in the wall. Yeah. <laughs> and said the same thing to me. The first thing so. you do is look up, and I'm not talking about spells, but whether it's out of a Reiki or, or something else, is look up something for protection to kind of keep yourself in a good place and keep negative things away. Once you're, you've learned your protection, then you start investigating how to control opening up the first thing is is the protection so that you don't just blatantly go in open yourself mm-hmm. up to who knows what yeah it's true so you you work on your protection you build some kind of walls up you're in a nice comfortable place okay now I'm going to open the door a little bit uh, I don't like you close the door <laughs> yeah it's kind of like I'm the Ouija board without having the without Ouija it. board right you, you have to be key. careful with that Ouija board yeah <laughs> You have the key to can close that door and go really board. It's what you develop first is the key that can close something off. Keep yourself well protected. And uh, then after that, you slowly start opening a little here and there, trying a few little things. But from that safe space and uh, explore it that way. Yeah, my mom. My mom always told me, like, to like with jewelry and stuff. Like, she put the cross on this for like a protection thing for me, and she always told me like if I wear a necklace to make sure it has a heart on it. And it's just like funny. Like every time I buy a necklace with a heart, like if the chain breaks, it's supposedly because you know something was trying to hurt me. So you know because that's supposed to. My mom always said that that was my protection like symbol a heart and it was yeah. just funny because Bobby just gave me a necklace for Valentine's Day that was a heart mm-hmm. I, I don't know if because I had never he, I've never told him any of this yeah look up the story of the angel heart and it was funny too because like the necklace he gave me it combined it's it's a heart and then at the bottom of the heart where, the, where it meets there's a cross hmm. so it like combines the two symbols that my mom always was giving me and telling me to always have on me. But you might also do um, the follow your mom's advice is good. You might want to double up. They have a thing called an angel heart. It's like a. It's almost like a. It's a very small heart, but it opens up, and inside of it is a very small kind of metal or sculpture of an angel. And you keep the angel in the angel heart, and you may keep that. Let's say near where you sleep. If you pray, if you meditate, and ask the angel to help guide you through, um, that's basically for protection. Uh, you could do that. As for 
jewelry, you follow what your mother told you to do because instinctively she knew what was best for you. That way, at a certain point, you may decide to craft your own variations on protection or whatever you do from what you learn. Incorporate, you know, some of this, some of that, put it together. What instinct tells you works best for you. But right now, you go with what your mother said. And then you take a look at other protections to kind of give yourself a break, close it off. Okay, I got it under control. Now I open up a little on my terms. Yeah. And do it that way. Yeah, because like I, I even have like, I have like a small like little, I guess you can call it an altar now. Like I'll go into certain stores and you know, like the, where they, where they sell like the stones that are the different gemstones or whatever mm-hmm. that are for certain aspects mm-hmm. of protection or love or healing or whatever. And I'll go in and I'll just like get called to like a random stone. Mm-hmm. So I buy it. Yeah. So now it looks like I'm a rock collector because yeah. I've got like random stones everywhere. Like I even have one in my car that I always have with me just because whatever, for whatever reason, since I bought this car, something said, keep this in this car with you. Crystal work, crystals have a vibration. I mean, that the earth has a vibration. It's called the uh, Schumann resonance, uh, resonance, I think. Um, and crystals actually will hold a vibration. And different ones vibrating at different levels is how they associate them to the different chakras in the body. And also, um, the higher the vibration, the higher the chakra, the more connected you are with spirit. Going with the base, which is your history, working your way up through the heart, which is a bridge between lower and upper, and then going to throat, speech, third eye, to be able to see to, once you're talking about crown, and that's opening up to above. You've got crystals associated with each one of those that can energize and open, help you open them up, cleanse them first, open them up, and help yeah, you with I'm, the... I'm very fond of amethyst. Amethyst is a, uh, yeah, that's, that, uh, that's a very good one. You do your research, you'll be very surprised at what they say about amethyst. Yeah, I, I, and my friend had, um, actually given me a gift uh, it's like a a larger size amethyst stone and it's inside this like really pretty like spiral like casing with the you know she put like a rope cord on it just so that mm-hmm. I could adjust it or whatever I haven't worn it but I always usually have it nearby like at home and whatnot. Mm-hmm. I, I don't know for some reason just something says just keep it home <laughs> so that's where it is and then, like, I have, like, the one in my car. I have, like, a one I keep in my purse when I actually carry a purse. And I always have one that I usually keep in my pocket. You can also combine different symbols and different crystals, etc., to make your own. Yeah, I always noticed, I always noticed in that one earlier. So, it's, those are things you develop. Follow your instincts, though. Like, you, when you say, oh, this one feels good or I always keep it at home. Those instincts are good whether it's some message from the other side or just you're instinctively connecting with something or knowing what's best for you, follow those instincts. Those, those will work well for you. You'll, you'll gravitate towards what you need. Are there any stones people should stay away from? You know, they might look cool, but they have, like, something negative about them? Or? Not necessarily negative. Yeah. Um, okay, this one, yeah, uh, that's Moldavite. 
very very high vibration um, there are some people sensitive people if they have they wear it for a long while even smaller pieces or they have a lot on them they actually start to feel worse or maybe something like an arthritis will work hmm. up or something and they're going oh this is a horrible stone it's not well you're not ready for that higher vibration okay it's a very high vibration stone yeah I love I love my, my cat's eye then uh Cat's eye, it is, but you work. You work. Uh, what, what I'm saying, okay. What, what I'm saying is, for instance, like stone-wise, like if, yeah. if if you're talking about crystal, I was drawn to moldavite, and uh, I know somebody who is um, Wiccan has been their whole life, and they can't deal with much. Just a small piece for a long period of time, because the vibration overwhelms them. You will find what your match is. This is one of four large pieces I have. You only see one on me now. I'm comfortable this way. Other people would go, oh, I'm comfortable. Just like this. Now, if you talk about this one here, if you notice the shape, very much heart-like. Yeah. Almost in, in shield. Like a shield almost, too. Like a shield. That is St. Benedict's cross, which wards off evil. On the back of that cross is a small relic directly from the Holy Land in the tomb of Christ. On the back is deer leather. Deer, in Native American, is love. On the back is almost the Paleo-Hebrew version of God's name. Moldavite meteor crashed down, went up into the atmosphere, reformed, came down. There's only so much of it. It's starting to get expensive because... It's not something that's common... Mm. was a gift from the heavens. Jesus came down, walked among us, went to heaven, and came back. God's gift to us, which was love. It was God's love. Don't ask me why I put them together. It wasn't until afterwards that I figured it out. But follow those instincts. Yeah. You just follow that yeah. instinct. And my first one was Moldavite. I really don't use much of any other crystal at all. Um, I forgot what the uh, opal dreaming. My grandmother there. loved opal. Opals from uncut gems. Yeah. Particularly if you can if you can get a crystal and it's not been highly polished, or if you can get it a little bit raw, I say a little bit raw. For instance, you can get ruby in kind of a raw state, and ruby is personal power. So once you begin to develop yourself and to release some of that power of your own. Then you combine the ruby. Now, if you were to combine the ruby with the moldavite, you can stop combining things to boost your own um, vibration and your own personal power. And power, by power, I mean your ability to connect at a higher vibration with those in spirit, etc. Um, that might be a path. Then again, it might not be. Amethyst may be the thing for you. It's excellent. I'm just a Moldavite person. <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel about black onyx? Yeah, I was just going to say that too. Really? Boom. Black onyx is good. Uh, yeah. I'm trying to think of what was the other one that's very good that works. I, I call it the antidepressant. It cleanses. <laughs> it makes you feel good. Uh, a lot of people like, like aquamarine. And like oh, it's, it's usually a kind of like a grayish black. I can't remember the name right now. I, think I, I, I can visualize it, but I don't know the name of it. Not, 
tanzanite. Nope. I don't know, but it's there. There is one because I have some of that around. I, for myself, which is different, I have different sacred spaces and altars all over my house and on the walls. But I'm trying to keep out everything negative. I don't want constant communication, so I've created a cocoon where I can go and not be bombarded by anything. And unless I invite it in. Yeah. And it just keeps everything out there. I can sleep in peace without just picking up on disasters. I don't have all of that. Yeah. The only time anything touches me is if it's with someone within my family. Then I can tell if they're having a bad day. That's the only thing that gets to me. You can work up to that when you research your crystals. You research, uh, you determine what you firmly believe, uh, like the cross. And you start putting all of that together for yourself. Whatever self, whatever rituals there are for protection or for peace and quiet that, that you can find or, or meditations. And then you'll know when you're ready, when it's time to open that door and start reaching out to see what you can do or communicate with. And if not, you got some resources here. <laughs> Just some. <laughs> I'm surprised there's no negative crystals or rocks, you know what I mean? I feel like there would be something. Yeah, because usually like the yin to the yang, you know yeah. what I mean? I, not that I know of or I've come across or paid any attention to. Mm. There may be, but as far as I'm concerned, part of that goes to a personal belief. I believe yeah. we all come from one creator. Yeah. Now, if that creator is good, mm -hmm. and it is love, and it is all those wonderful things, then some of that love and that goodness is in all of creation. Yeah. Because that's where we came from. That's what we're made out of. It's yeah. a divi divine creation. So by its very nature, all of creation is good. Mm -hmm. We are the ones that screw that up. <laughs> so it's turn human, it bone, human bones and negative rocks. And, tur and, and turn, <laughs> it, turn it negative. We do that because everything started out. If we all started out from a divine source, we all have part of that divine spark in us, and so does everything in creation. Yeah, I mean, if you look at the Native American, there's a respect for the tree. It's a life form. Right. It's a beautiful life form. It gives shelter to squirrels and birds. It gives us oxygen. oxygen. It does all this wonderful stuff. What do we do? We cut them down and try and make a prettier yard. Of just, just, it's like, what? what wait, what? Mm -hmm. Make our cups for Duncan. <laughs> Whatever. I mean, it's and it's like okay. Maybe we could do it a little bit better. But it's kind of like, okay, respect for everything because everything has the essence of that which it came from, which is that creator or the divine. So with me, there's no innately bad crystal. It's what we do with it mm. or what we have ascribed to it. Do you think like gold would have like a negative thing to it because so many people worship it more than like... Like like a god, so to speak, you know, that, wealth. That, that, that would be an acquired yeah. trait. The gold. I know silver attracts spirits. Mm -hmm. It's known to attract spirits. I tend to use silver and things. A lot of a lot of like even the necklace that Bobby bought me had silver, but there's hints of gold in it. Like yeah. that. Like what is it? Um, what's it? The two toned. I guess. Yeah, yeah, is what yeah. They call it now. But like I've even noticed like my change in like. Everything with my mom growing up, it was always gold. And now that I'm getting older, everything tends to be 
more on the silver spectrum mm-hmm. when it comes to jewelry and like the jewelry that I actually like attracts that attracts my attention that I actually wear, will wear all the time. Silver. Yeah. What's that rock that the Native Americans use for the jewelry that's like the blue and the white? You know, they have it a lot, you know, when they have their the big turquoise. necklaces. Turquoise. The turquoise. The turquoise, turquoise, yeah. is, turquoise is protection from the negative. Okay. Turquoise is a stone of protection. Yeah, I had someone give me a, a turquoise necklace when I was going through everything with the, with the ex-husband for protection because, like, he was getting scary at points <laughs> with, with his yes. actions. So, yeah. Maybe you've been saved by these spirits. Maybe in I, a certain situation... Everything happens for a reason. They're trying to take you out or something. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm a know? firm believer. I mean, there was, that, there was a year at Rock and Shock, and there's those two sisters that always have the booth from Salem. Okay. That they sell, like, the, the rocks sage and, stuff, yeah. and the rocks and everything. And they had made a bunch of different types of necklaces, and one of them, I forgot what was in it, but it was something for protection. And something just said, buy that necklace, and I put it on instantly. Mm-hmm. I didn't even have that necklace on for a half an hour, and it was gone. What do you mean? Like, disappeared? It disappeared. It broke and disappeared. Bad craft. Didn't even, didn't, <laughs> yeah. I didn't even, but like, yeah. usually, like, if a piece, if you're wearing you a piece it. of jewelry, yeah. it, you, if it's going to fall off, you feel it. Yeah. I felt nothing. It, like, literally vanished hmm. into thin air from walking from the DCU center across the street to Uno's. What do you think that might have been? I have no idea, but it was just, like, the oddest. Do you, do you remember what type ever. of rock it was? It, it was, like, it was, like, a, like a like a vial and it was oh. just like different would a vial be something weird it. because of well, well, like vial what do you like, think of vial well it depends on what they're into it well some it. of them had like special like um like they, they had one that was like sea salt and, the powders and stuff yeah, yeah different like combinations of stuff for sea salt and, and, what do you think of salt salt is a good deterrent if you want to put up a, bar, a barrier okay Eat them. Yeah, because they put it like in the window sills and around doorways. Yeah, 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 yeah. They do that for like pentagrams too, though, don't they? Or something? Uh, To me, not the preferred way. (laughs) Yeah, I remember like, (laughs) and can keep spirits away from you type thing. That that's when someone is trying to um, put it around them to keep them like Like movies, movie stuff. Yeah, yeah. movie stuff. You make a circle around yourself. Yeah, there's that. Uh, Is there any reality to that though? Is that like a true thing or? Salt is, a, is an old one. You're better off with tar water. That's yeah. more powerful. Why do you it's think toxic, salt? So oh, keep tar water from, is? Keep it away from, don't ingest it or let pets do it, but that's much more powerful than the salt as far as that goes. So if, let's say someone is going to seal a place. Yeah. Make sure you get it empty first. <laughs> you don't want to trap something in. Truth. With something like tar water. You want to drive everything out, seal the place up. Okay, you're fine. Even with, even with salt, you, you cleanse the place first, and then you salt. There's a lot of salt in the Bible, isn't there? Yeah, I was going to say, like, what about holy water? Because, like, my mom always had holy water. Depends who's blessing it. Holy water, you can go um, uh, La Salette Shrine. Hmm. They have containers. You can get yeah. blessed. You can get holy water there. You can use that to um, with prayer to bless a place and also do some boundaries yeah every time like when we growing up every time we moved into a new place my mom always had it blessed with holy water prior to us moving in so she sounds like a spiritual woman. she was very very yeah. very very spiritual like it drove us insane sometimes <laughs> but like you know as a kid you're like all right she's she's cracked 
But, you know, you get older, you start, you know, to understand more why they do the things they do. What religion did she follow? She was Catholic. Okay. So she she raised us both Catholic. Catholic. You know, my dad converted to Catholicism for, for her. her. <laughs> and, yeah. so, and that way, too, so they could get remarried in the church because she Truth. wanted to do that. Yeah. So, you know, by the so, end, we were all <laughs> Catholic. Taking, taking that look back, a different perspective. You thought you thought she's a little crazy when you're young. You have the different perspective now. Mm. It's a good time to listen to the advice you get in the dreams and what she told you to do. Because now you're thinking as an adult, mm, she knew her stuff. A lot of the things that she used to tell us as a kid, we kind of are starting to incorporate into our daily mm-hmm. lives. Yeah. Like she liked her like her sage and her incense, like on New Year's Eve midnight you you know you open all the doors and the windows and you use the incense to clean out all the negative energy for the past year and hmm. let the fresh air come in to bring in the new energy of the new year type of you know that was like something that she was very big on doing so like you know new year's eve we yeah. do the same thing <laughs> try that on the new moon closest to new year's eve cuz in many countries, the symbolism of the new moon, the new moon is new beginnings. So whenever you're going to try something new in your life, if you can, on any sort of endeavor or anything, it's better to start it on the new moon. Mm-hmm. Because as the moon waxes and grows strong, you grow stronger in what you're doing. Okay. Uh, whatever project, whatever thing. So if you're going to cleanse the house and you do it at the new moon, at that point there, everything goes out that new moon comes in, that new energy. Now the full moon is also is not bad to do it because then you have the full is a good time to charge your uh, crystals. Your stones and whatnot. That's what I've been the, told too. Crystals is, is during the full moon. Start something new during the new moon. Two different times. Do you have anything else to ask, Mr. Booten? That can wait for, uh, you know... Part two? Part two. Okay. Facebook messages. Right. <laughs> even better. Well, with that being said, we're going to wrap up this episode of Mostly Ghostly. I want to thank our guest, Melissa Potter. Thank you for having me. Would you like this to... Pr- definitely been an eye-opening experience. It usually is. You got me to shed some tears. Third eye. <laughs> we open up the third eye at the Mostly Ghostly show. And both the other, the regular too as well. <laughs> Would you like to uh, promote anything? Well, shock treatment now that you know we're Whoa. back on the Dorkening Podcast Network. Yep, check it out. On Spotify and Apple or wherever your you know favorite podcasts are. Are heard. <laughs> Catch mostly ghostly there too. Jiving, dancing together in the rain, and uh, yeah, another episode in the books. We hope you enjoy. See you later.